You're listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. The Hero of the Story helps you study and teach the story of redemption from all Scripture. Now join your hosts, Aaron Armstrong and Brian Dembozik. Hey guys, this is Aaron Armstrong from The Gospel Project, and with me, of course, is Brian Dembozik, our managing editor. Brian, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. You know, it seems like summer has arrived here in Nashville. We have skipped spring. That's true. And gone straight to summer. Well, I've noticed that in general, you guys do that in the South. This is my second time around for spring. So yeah, yeah. I'm, or spring in quotation marks. Yeah, exactly. So you guys do a wonderful fall. Uh, uh, Which is my favorite season, by the way. Mine as well, actually. Um, it's That's kind of weird. <laughs> but uh, but um, a wonderful fall. A delightfully short winter most yes, a years. A very mild winter. Yes. I mean, two weeks of winter, guys. Yeah. This is amazing. Um, it's much better than six months of it. But then we kind of want to go back to fall again. We kind of well, linger well, in that chilly. Yeah, yeah you want to ease up. You want to ease your way into the the warm then, weather. But yeah. you guys do like a we billion years it, of summer. It seems, yeah. Yeah. It's like you get 13 weeks of, of summer, pre-summer. And then you get really hot summer for another for another like eight or ten weeks, and then it chills out to fall. So summer is to us as breakfast is to hobbits. Hmm. You just can't get enough of it. Can't. Yeah. You have your first, your second, and your That's third. That's right. Summer, yeah. There you go. There you go. A little wow. literary reference there. Hmm. That was good. That was that was profound. And you know, um, speaking of which, I am really excited about something that we've got going on in just a couple of weeks at the time We're of this hobbits recording. Come in? No, no, better. <laughs> That'd be pretty better. Cool. That, okay. that would be pretty cool. Um, no, we are hosting an event online in just a couple of weeks on May 21st called The Gospel at the Center. And this is a new uh, new webcast, an on-demand webcast that is exploring what does it mean to what does it mean to have a gospel culture in your church? What does it yeah. look like when the gospel is saturating your experience as a community? And so um, we've got an, a phenomenal lineup of speakers, including yeah. uh, Matt Chandler, J.D. Greer, Jen Wilkin, Dahati Lewis, and Trevin Wax. Even you, Brian. Yeah, and the I'm the rest. <laughs> And I, the rest. I, the Gilligan's Island theme song. That's right. always had, I think it was two that were the rest. Well, yeah, they, and then they switched it to the professor and Marianne yeah. and um, but it you know, threw off the rhythm. But, but in context, I'm okay with being the rest. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. We have some amazing We men do. And, women and I mean, speaking. we even have Barnabas Piper. Yeah, and even Barnabas. So we have a Piper. We have a Piper. We have a Piper, um, which is pretty exciting. And his is really great. I was actually yeah. um, watching some of the sessions oh, re- uh, just the other day. And yeah, I know. I've been able to sit in a few and mm-hmm. just really looking forward to the content. Yeah, so we have so it's going to be ton. There's going to be tons of great stuff for um, ministry leaders in all areas yeah. of of the church. Um, whether you're serving in kids ministry, yep. student ministry, um, adult ministry in, in some capacity, or you're just or you're just looking for personal enrichment, this yeah. is going to be a really great time. So um, to learn more about the webcast and to sign up, I would encourage you to go to live.gospelproject.com today. Yes, I agree. It's going to be awesome, even if there are going to be no hobbits. That's right. That's right. I even bought a new black shirt for it. Oh my goodness. I know. I know. So, and someone noticed it yesterday too. They noticed a new black shirt. They noticed my new black shirt. Because it wasn't as faded. 
Um, it's well, they they get to varying degrees of faded. That's true. Once they start uh, approaching grayish, that's when you retire them. That's okay. when you retire them. So, um, listeners, they have what, such a simple life that you have. It's it's glorious. It's glorious. So, listeners, um, what you may not know, or if you have been, unless you've been, you know, stalking one of us on social media, which should be really weird. <laughs> Please find something better to do with your time. Yeah, <laughs> but if you've seen uh, if you've seen photos of either of either of us or seen videos that we're in, um, you'll know that I wear black all the time. Um, yes, you do. And there's just a simple practical reason for that. It it just takes one decision out of my day, and it makes my life so much easier. It's which black shirt am I going to wear today? There so you go. I have a closet full of black shirts and black t-shirts. And it is glorious. One of these days we have to talk about why you chose black, but that's we'll save that for a different time. <laughs> um, you know, my mood. <laughs> <laughs> Your surly disposition. <laughs> hey, speaking of that, that yes, is a great transition. That is, isn't that a great segue? To get us right. into what we actually want to talk that's about. That's right. Probably why people are actually listening. I hope so. I mean, you know, if you're getting if you're here looking for fashion tips from from Aaron. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Sorry. Yes. Um, all right. But no, we are talking about um, we are talking about something that, that is, is pretty heavy today. Mm-hmm. We are talking about, about um, talking through tough Bible passages with kids and te- how do we teach these? How do we teach um, some very serious and very heavy stories in a way that is Christ exalting and honoring to honoring to the text itself yeah. without diminishing them? Um, and doing it, in, but do, still doing it in a way that kids understand yeah. and that is is contextually appropriate for both their for their age and stage in terms of um, you know learning ability, like their their ability to comprehend it, and, and their also, emotional and their emotional levels, and their yeah. emotional um, maturity yeah. as well. Yeah. And so, this is something that um, is is really important to me because um, something you guys may not know is is that. Um, I've been serving in kids ministry for 13 years. So um, I've also been a Christian for 13 years. So for my whole life as a Christian, I have been serving in kids ministry. So I care a lot about that. And you and I are both fathers of kids. So we we care on that level as well. Absolutely. And I tend to make a lot of mistakes on what is is appropriate and what is not with my kids. I I go toward Um, inappropriate myself. uh, Yeah, it ends up accidentally there. Yeah, Um, I go there too. Yeah. So, I'm the one, I'm the dad who, when we're doing David and Goliath, I mentioned David cutting off Goliath's head to my toddler. Mm, nice. My son would be like, that's awesome. That's right. And my daughter would cry. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but we're not going to talk about David and Goliath today, but we are going to talk about one of these hallmark stories, one of these in which the prototype, you know, story. it is the it is the prototyp- prototypical example of this. Um, it is the it is the it is the moment in, in scripture that um, we see in nurseries, we see on children's books, we see it yep. everywhere. There's even, I'm sure, an episode of Talking Vegetables that has yes. done this story as well, and it is, of course, um, the story of Noah and his ark. Yeah, this is a story that if if you were to poll parents and kids leaders and say what stories are non-negotiable, what do we have to have? This would be one of them. This would be one of them. Yeah, absolutely. And and I completely agree. It oh, yeah. is one. You absolutely have to be teaching this story all the time. 
but we also have to make sure that we are teaching it in the way that, that exactly it was intended. Exactly. Um, and so part of that is so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna read um, we're gonna read the introduction to this, um, which is not the beginning of um, of Genesis chapter six. We're gonna skip down to to verses yeah. verses five. We're going to start there because that's where the story begins in that's earnest. That's the story proper starts there, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So there's a whole bunch of setup that, go, that goes before it, but li- just listen to this. When the Lord saw that, the hum- that human wickedness was widespread on the earth and every, that every inclination of all of the human mind was nothing but evil all the time, the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and he was deeply grieved. Then the Lord said, I will wipe... I will wipe mankind whom I created off the face of the earth together with the animals, creatures that crawl, and birds of the sky, for I regret that I made them. Noah, however, found favor with the Lord. That is is Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 8 in the CSB translation. Um, That's a cheery kid's story. Yeah, and that's the part that we usually um, start to... uh, Water down, pardon that pun for this story. Um, mm-hmm. But we really, you know, I think when when we try to teach Noah and the Ark uh, to kids, either as parents in the home or in classrooms, we we know we need to get to the point of saying, "All right, people were bad," because mm-hmm. that's the reason for the flood. But we we kind of just keep it there. We don't want to get too much into it, and so we just say, "You know, people were really bad." So so God decided to start over, and so He flooded the earth, but He saved Noah. Right, and that's true. But is that really the depth of what we need our kids to understand? Because Mm -hmm. my concern is as those kids grow older and when they start reading the Bible on their own or when they come across this passage again and they start reading what you read um, and they realize, wait a minute, God flooded everybody and and all the population except for Noah and his family drowned to death. That's extreme. Mm -hmm. And if they're thinking to this point has been people were just a little bit bad in Noah's account, then that really sends a terrible message that God's response seems disproportionate and it seems unloving, unkind, unfair. That's where we have a problem that we are presenting by accident mostly. We are conditioning, we are starting our kids on that path to reach that conclusion, that wrong conclusion, of course. Absolutely. And we see this played out all the time, all around us. Um, it is, it, um, it is no, what you've said is no exaggeration. Yeah. So, um, so this is one of these things that we have to, that we have to recognize. Like when we teach us, when we teach this passage, um, I mean, there's a few things that we need to make sure that we're doing, first of all. I mean, one thing is, is although we've used the term story a lot on this, and, and it's not inappropriate to, to use that term, one of the things that we do need to make sure that we are explaining to our kids is that this is real. Yeah. That it happened. Exactly. And that is, and that in itself, particularly as people get older, can be, can be very hard to take. Yeah. Um, but, and so as we get, as we, as we, as our kids mature, we have to explain more of that background. But um, when we're teaching, you know, really, really little people, it's really easy to just do. Um, it's not wrong to say story, but we have yeah. to we have to explain by story. This is this is a story that actually happened. Yeah, I think there's a uh, this is a good aside. I think there's mm-hmm. a generational um, aspect to this. Mm-hmm. 
I think uh, from my experience, just anecdotally, as I'm rubbing shoulders with people, it seems like people who are a little bit older, they usually think of story as fiction. Yes. And so they push back on us using that term at times. Understandably, and, and I appreciate their concern, um, but the younger generation, story has entered and captivated the hearts and minds of people today. You know, hey, you'll hear somebody and instead of saying, hey, tell me about yourself, they'll say, what's your story? Mm-hmm. And so story for the younger generation does not connote fiction. Yeah. It is more of a narrative. It's, I want to understand you completely. Right. So I think it's a good word for us to use. I yeah. think we want to use it. But my counsel always is, you don't have to do it every time, but rhythmically, yeah. make sure you affirm, hey, we're looking at this true story. Exactly. Exactly. And and that is that that is a good starting point for us. Um, the second piece that we that we need to make sure that we're understanding is is or, or that we're helping kids understand is is that um, when the scripture says that the Lord saw that human wickedness was widespread on the earth and that every inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil all the time, that that actually yes. does mean that everything, every intention of the heart was evil. Yeah. It, um, and But what does evil mean in that context? Well, and I, I think this is a good example of, of how we can, as, as kids, ministry leaders and parents, push a little bit deeper and and try to find this balance of presenting the truth clearly and accurately, but being age appropriate. So instead of just saying, hey, people were just did a little bit bad or, or whatever. And again, as I said earlier, giving that wrong mm-hmm. uh, understand, that misunderstanding of, of this passage, I think we, we can and should press in with our kids of all ages, even a preschooler. And say, man, people, remember we, we've talked about sin. We talked about Adam and Eve sinning. And, mm-hmm. and we think about sin in our lives that sometimes we, we make wrong choices. And, but in this story, we see that, that people willingly were trying the best they could to reject God and do everything wrong. And it was, it was in the forefront of their minds, it was the forefront of their hearts. This is defining people. Right. And you can do that in an age-appropriate way to, to get that preschooler even to understand this tension of how wicked right. people were. And you can, depending on your context, you can choose to use terms like wicked or evil. I don't think you need to necessarily. Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing you can, you can, you can always, um, if you want to help kids at a, at a younger age understand it, is, is, is start, th- start using words like selfishness. Yeah. It's because that that's the thing is, is that when what we see in scripture so often is that it's not simply actions, it's yes. desires. Yes, and, it's the heart and the actions. Right. And it's even good things that we turn into, into, into yeah. wrong yeah. things because so, of why exactly. we want to do So them. if you're going to use evil or wicked, it, it, and, and as I said earlier, I'm the kind of parent I would. Yeah. I, I like stretching my kids, even in early age, even my preschooler, uh, well, kindergartner now. Uh, but I, I I would use the word evil and then mm-hmm. just define it simply. Say, yeah. hey, evil is is anything that goes against God. It's 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 our our actions and and our thinking and our heart that is against God. So where God says we want to live for Him, we live selfishly. Yeah, you know. And so you you just define that. But I think it's important, however you get there, whether you choose to use terms evil and wicked or not, that we we really paint this accurate picture because that is the context those little minds and hearts need to understand the flood that follows. Right. Without really pressing into this and helping our kids appreciate this tension, 
we really lose the, the, the background of that flood. And then it can become something that seems disproportionate. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we've got to get there. Absolutely. Um, the other thing that we need to do as well is when we talk about Noah as the notable example or the notable exception rather yes in in among apparently all of humanity um that he was as verse 9 says a righteous man blameless among and blameless among his contemporaries and that he walked with god um we have to back up to verse 8 yes as well and we need to say noah found favor with the lord and notice the word the order there yeah. The finding favor precedes the righteousness. He right. was not saved because he was righteous. He was saved because of God's grace alone. Yeah. And and that's actually something that's important as well is this is the first time that um um this is actually the first time where someone explicitly is is called out as finding favor with yes. the Lord, which um the words there um the words are from some of the 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 scholarly reading that I that I've done actually mean the same thing as um, what as grace. Yes. So those two things are the same thing. Yeah. In and, this and I, instance, and I think this also illustrates not only we have to get to the the tension of how wicked people were to understand God's righteous judgment, but also to make grace as beautiful as it ought to be. Mm-hmm. Um, that when we God, you know, I'm I'm prone to tell people, Aaron, that that God was not on a word count when He wrote Scripture. You know, remember back in in high school or whatever. I don't know about you. I didn't start lo- loving to write until later in life. Mm-hmm. And so when my teacher would say, "He, you have a 300 word paper," and it was like, "Oh my goodness, how am I going to get 300 words?" and you would pad. Now, yeah, I have the opposite problem. I can only have 300 words. <laughs> um, but that's God was not like that. He was, he was yeah. not saying, "Hey, what do I? What can I add here?" He was not worried about making a bestseller. He wasn't. What can I add that's titillating and and you know how can I get an R rating on these stories to get right. more viewers? No, he everything in Scripture has a reason, a profound reason, right? To reveal His glory and reveal His plan to provide salvation through Christ. So. When we read about how wicked people were, when we read these hard stories, it's there for a reason. And the reason in this case, as we see, is to show the the need that we have of salvation apart from ourselves. We are the people in the flood. We would have drowned that day. And then the beauty of grace, that the only reason why we could have had a chance like Noah to be on that ark was because of God's grace to us alone. Right. If we don't get to the to the ugly side of this story, we can't mm-hmm. get to the beautiful side. Absolutely. And this is where um, we've been we've been hammering this home so much in this episode, but it is so important. The worst thing we can do, the least helpful thing that we can do for our kids in the same way that we can do for our adults is to simply elevate Noah as an example. Yeah. Now, he is an example for us. He is an example of he is an example he's, of faith. Of he is listed mm-hmm. in he's listed in Hebrews 11 um for the for the works that he does yes. here. Um so it's not wrong to to point that out, but what we typically do when we elevate someone as an example is we say um so go and be like be faithful, be obedient like this person. The problem is, is that we see that the problem that existed in the human heart existed in his heart too, yeah. because we keep reading that later he goes and gets yes. drunk in the field. And, and this, um, is a, this is a great example of this as well, Aaron, that if we do not clarify this with our kids and adults, as you said, mm-hmm. you know, if we, 
if we just kind of bang the drum on, look how obedient and, and trusting Noah was. This is a story where the kids readily say, okay, well, because Noah was obedient and, tr- and, and he trusted God, he was saved. He got mm-hmm. something from God. Therefore, yep. I need to be obedient. I need to trust God to get from God what I want and need. Uh, acceptance from God, love, and so forth. And so this is a this story, if we do not really stress what needs to be stressed there of God's grace to Noah, this is a formula for moralism. Yeah. And, and, I mean, it's it's a setup. Absolutely. And and it's really easy. You it put that on, really the, to, on the T-ball stand. Yes, and we it's, do. And you just knock it right off. And, and again, this is why I'm, I really believe most teachers, most parents do not intentionally teach moralism. They fall into the trap in, in times like this. Absolutely. It's so easy. It's yeah. just because it's our default. It's our again, default. We've yeah. talked about that before um, many times. Moralism is what we do best. Yep. Moralism is also the thing that caused the flood. Exactly. So if we avoid the ugly part of the, of the sin, mm-hmm. we miss God's judgment. And mm-hmm. We miss grace. If we miss grace, we fall into moralism. Mm-hmm. Um, if if we miss God's righteous judgment, he that he, the flood was not disproportionate. We miss the beauty of of grace as well. So you can see how each of these are essential. We've got to make sure we address all of them and right. not one or two because we're afraid to hit on right any. And the last thing we always need to do is we always need we always need to show how this story gives us a how this story this true story from scripture gives us a glimpse into the gospel. Yes. So in the same way that that Noah who was a who was a sinner like the re, like the rest of us. He was a human being. Um um, he found favor. He was get shown grace by the Lord. The Lord provided a way for him to be him and his family to be spared. Yes. In the same way, God gives us grace. He f- shows us favor by by making for us the ultimate means of salvation, which is faith in Jesus Christ, the one through whom we have eternal life by faith. Yep. Um, the one who um, who Scripture says we are in, um, in the same way that that Noah's family was in the ark, we are in Christ, and so because yeah. we are in Christ, we are we are free from condemnation. Yep. Yeah, yeah and, and just as as Noah, and this is one of my uh, really favorite kind of pictures that we see throughout Scripture as well. That Noah was saved through judgment. Yes. And, and as we are saved through judgment, you know, we, we live in a world that is still under God's judgment. It's not that he has removes us and places us in a safe, separate, safe environment. No. I, I just love this imagery that you come back to over and over again of salvation through judgment, the Red Sea, salvation yeah. through judgment over yeah. and over again to remind us of that. Yeah, there's actually a really good book that is, uh, that's on that very subject. Um, it is not one published by B&H, but it's still a really great book. Uh, by uh, Jim Hamilton, um, yes. that is God's salvation through judgment, yeah. and it goes and it he's actually quality. he is absolutely he is uh, he's a great guy, and um, his whole point is is he traces actually traces that that pattern throughout all of Scripture, and um, and it's pretty incredible to see. So, 
um, that's just a, that's just a little bit of a freebie sidebar. Right so, yeah. So Brian, I think that brings us to the end of our conversation. I think this is a wrap. Absolutely. Um, so guys, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today for this episode. I hope it's been helpful, um, and I hope it's been encouraging for you as you think about how best to teach a tough passage like this one um, with your kids. Thanks for listening to The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project, a family of resources revealing how all Scripture gives testimony to Jesus. Learn more at gospelproject.com.